Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's program. We're going to share on the episode today some of the most common mistakes to avoid while building a business. And I unfortunately learned these lessons through what we call the school of experience or the school of hard knocks, meaning I've personally made the mistakes that you're going to hear about in today's program. And I can kind of say that with a light sense of humor now because the the scars are slowly healing and, and the wounds are uh, slowly mending. But my intention in sharing my mistakes and being vulnerable in today's program is that you don't repeat the same common mistakes that I made because I'm not the only person who's made these very common mistakes in building a business. A lot of other folks have uh, made these blunders as well. And so hopefully this message will intercept you and you can avoid all these mistakes and really grow your business faster and make better profits earlier on in business. And and you don't have to wait for years to go by to figure out what doesn't work. But you can actually have success in the early stages of building a good foundation for your business and make as much money as possible, make good profit and get out there and crush it. And so to help me with the storytelling today of what not to do is my buddy Cody Owen. He is uh, from Lightspeed Social Agency. He's an incredible marketer and he actually helps folks to micro target to exact addresses through Facebook ads. It's really cool what he's got going on over there at his Lightspeed Social Agency. And Cody recently launched a YouTube channel called Lightspeed Social Agency. And he wanted to interview me for his YouTube channel. And so part of the conversation you're going to hear today is actually Cody interviewing me. And as he's asking me questions, I'm sharing stories of kind of the mistakes I made, not just with marketing, but with pricing and the basic infrastructure of building a business. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Cody Owen from Lightspeed Social Agency. And uh, we are just going to talk today about where Paul came from, how he got involved in the green industry and how he grew his business and then how he came to, to be a podcaster that everyone in the industry knows his name. Paul, thanks so much for joining me, man. Good to be here, Cody. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Got uh, the official Lightspeed mascot wandering around here. Uh, uh, Rusty, I don't think you've met Rusty, but the viewers have met him before. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him in the back of your videos. Uh, but yeah, so just tell us like how, how did the, the business start? Yep. So 2011, Cody, I was broke, busted and disgusted. I had just gotten out of college and no one really taught me about student loans and interest. And I, I was financially illiterate. And so I went to high school and that was, you know, fun. I went to college at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio for four and a half, five years. And I'm not a doctor and I get out of there and, uh, 
I'm in the real world now. So I was used to going at the dining hall for breakfast, lunch, dinner. I worked at the dining hall, so I'd get free meals there. And here I am in the real world. <clears throat> and I was, um, my friend asked me if I could stay at his house and pay his mortgage. Cause he, he was moving out to Kansas city for a year. So I was like, sure, man, no problem. He's like, yeah, I'll be 928 bucks. He's like, why don't you just get a few guys, you know, charge them 300 bucks a month for the rooms. And, you know, you get five, six guys, you'll be making money, you know? It's like, yeah, it's a good idea. You know, I had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I couldn't get any roommates, zero. Oh, no. So now I'm looking at 928 bucks a month. And all I was doing at the time was I was selling vitamins for a company called uh, Meluca. And, and, and that was a commission check that was a hit or miss. And so I get like... 1500 one month and next month, maybe only 600. So I didn't even have enough money to pay my bills. And uh, I was, I was literally broke. Okay. And uh, I'm stressing out because I have to send my friend 928 bucks. And I'm like thinking I could rob a bank. I could, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know how I was going to come up with the money. Um, and so and I was embarrassed to tell my parents and, and everything and so uh, I'm walking, I'm, I'm literally talking to God, I'm praying, I'm walking through the neighborhood. I'm like, how am I going to get the money to pay all these bills? And, and here I am, this millennial facing real life of, of, of expenses and bills. And um, as, I'm, as I'm praying and walking through this neighborhood, I see this yard, Cody, and it's completely overgrown. And what was, that wasn't what was unusual. What was unusual about it was there was a for sale sign in the yard. And I thought, who in the world would, try to sell a house that looks so raggedy. Like, wouldn't you want to, my, I had a friend who was in real estate. So I was like, wouldn't you want it to look nice? You know, and I watched a little HGTV. So I was just curious and I called the lady on the real estate sign and I said, Hey, do you know your grass is all out of control here at this house you're trying to sell? And she's like, Oh yeah. Can you give us a close, a quote to, to mow it? She just assumed I was a lawn care company. Hey, and so it was like a, a um, cartoon and the light bulb went off. I was like, I can make some money. This, this is good. So I don't know where I got $60 from because I all I ever did in high school was mow my neighbor Frank Yard for 20 bucks a pop. And I'd use his mower. He gave me a $20 bill, which was big money, you know, in the 90s when you're in high school. And so actually in the 2000s, so I was started in probably seventh grade. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I, I sell her 60 bucks and long story short, I ended up losing about $140 on my first lawn care job because I didn't have any equipment. I had to rent equipment. I had to pay my friend. And so I'm, 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 I'm thinking I'm about to make money. I'm in the hole minus and 40 minus 140. But I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of fun. And I think if I do enough yards in my neighborhood, I could make 928 bucks. And so my friend who was in Kansas city had a mower in the garage. So I would fold it up. It was a raggedy mower. It wasn't even self-propelled. I'd fold it up and I put it in a, a Honda Accord that I had. I didn't even have a truck. Yes. And uh, I had a friend who let me borrow his weed eater and little handheld blower. So I put the weed eater in the back left of the car and I put it diagonal and I put the window down and it would fit diagonal across this 97 Honda Accord. So I, I went and I got Vistaprint. Here's my raggedy marketing plan. This was awful, but I, I got free... Uh, little business cards off this to print and uh -huh. there's hundreds of yards in this neighborhood. So I just walked across, you know, each yard, I jam it in their front door. I, I didn't know you couldn't put it in their mailbox. So I'd open their mailbox, put it in. I had no idea <laughs> I'm breaking the law, but I'm just hustling. And yeah. next thing you know, Maria and a black Escalade drives by. She's like, Hey, you, you cut grass. I'm like, absolutely. You know, 25 bucks, it, which w was 
at the time in the Atlanta market, it was a $45 per man hour rate, but I didn't know, I didn't know about numbers. I didn't know about anything. I had 25 bucks. I cut Frank's yard. You, knew for, you needed $928. I knew what I needed. And I, uh, I, I was thinking my options were I could, I could pay, f- go get a, get a flight to Vegas and go gamble and maybe bet on enough games to make it like that was one option or I could rob a bank or I'm like, I'm going to try the lawn care thing first, you know, to, to, to come up with the money. And so I get Maria and then a guy named Reggie. Uh, I can, it's funny how I can remember these people like it was yesterday. Reggie, I, uh, you know, he had this backyard with all these dogs and uh, holes in the backyard and I did his yard and then Mrs. Stewart and I started picking up these yards and I started working my tail end off from, from um, time I woke up to the time I went to bed, we called it dark 30. I would work all day cutting that grass, making that cash. And somehow, some way I scraped and clawed and I was able to pay my friend 928 bucks. I was able to pay, you know, my basic, my, my, I was renting the Honda Accord for 150 bucks a month. So I was, I was treading water. I was surviving, but I wasn't getting anywhere mm-hmm. and I was working so hard. So anyway, I did that. I ended up having to get a job at Carabas full time, um, 40 hours a week. I was a server in the evenings, you know, five, six nights a week. I'd, I'd go and, um, give people their pasta wheezy or, um, <laughs> they, Carabas is actually really good food, by the way. Um, so I worked there in the evenings and I, and I was doing this for a few years. And, um, <clears throat> one night, uh, my, one of my friends, I was talking to him and he could tell I was having money problems. He's like, Hey, he, he's been in business for a long time. He's like, Hey man, you want to come grab, grab dinner with me and my wife? We could talk about your business. I was like, sure. And so I brought up my checking accounts, um, my profit and loss statements, everything. And I thought I was doing pretty good because I was working in a fancy country club at this point. I had, I had grown my business and I thought I was doing pretty good because I was, uh, the Atlanta Falcons is our football team here in Atlanta. And I was doing some of their players, some of the coaches. And, and I, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And he started looking at my checking account and he started looking at all my numbers and he put his glasses on the tip of his nose. This is a few years I'm into my business. And he looked at me, he said, how are you paying all your bills? He's like, your business isn't making enough money, Paul. And that was, that was the day my business changed forever. And um, what I realized was I was making my money at Carabas. I made good money as a server and um, that paid my bills, but the lawn care business was actually wasn't by the time I paid myself owner's pay, I wasn't profitable. And so uh-huh. um, I turned, I started turning the corner. I started watching YouTube, your, your buddy, Jonathan, the lawn care million. I started binge watching his videos. I started watching the lawn care rookie, Naylor Taliaferro. And there was a guy back then called geek, the freak, Greg Chisholm. I don't know if you remember him, but I started watching his videos and I just started going to YouTube, uh, university and, and learning this stuff. And my business started turning the corner. I started actually impre- increasing my profit margins and, and actually becoming a real business owner and, and not just uh, chucking the truck. And uh, that brought me to 2018. And that's when I started my podcast, because at this point, my business was now um, respectable and legitimate and, and, and growing and, and, and uh, profitable. But I always had this sensitivity in my heart that when I was um, a, a lawn care business owner just starting out, no one really helped me too much. It was like my competition would stare at me and, and mean bug me and they didn't, you know, it was like, I didn't know what I was doing, but no one, no one yeah. wanted to help out. And so that's, that was a huge motivation of starting my podcast and help is helping others. There's so many other folks out there that don't really know their numbers. They don't really know how to market. They don't really know um, the, the proper pricing 
and, and, and company culture and all these things that we, we preach day in and day out on our podcast. And so uh, to long story short, in 2018, I started a podcast and it's the, as far as I'm aware, it's the only daily show in our industry. We, we crank out episodes Monday through Friday. Uh, as far as I know, it's the most downloaded listened to show in our industry. We get, you know, over hundred thousand downloads every single month. And it's, it's a top uh, 1% show globally in the, in the world um, compared to all the other podcasts, it's in the top yeah. 1%. And so anyway, now um, what I'm doing is I'm helping others take their business from chuck in the truck status to a high profit, well-oiled machine that maybe they could sell for a bunch of money or just if they want to run the company and pay themselves that it's actually hitting um, good profit margins. So that's a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. So not pulling the the ladder up into the clubhouse behind you. You're, you're letting everybody else come up with you. Um, uh, yeah. Trying to help as many folks uh, as we can, because again, I, I still, I remember Cody, I remember I was at a football player's house and the, the other company that is nice white box truck and the uniforms and the fancy real mowers and the 60 inch um, rotary mowers. They had all the stuff and they just looked at me like I was a scum of the earth. Like this guy will never make it. And they were just arrogant and proud and showing off. And I remember thinking, I want to grow a business like this guy, but I don't, I don't have the money. I don't have the experience. And so I always remember the broke, busted and disgusted Paul that, that got overlooked and got trampled upon by my, the other guy in the neighborhood, the other company in the neighborhood that was much bigger than me. And so it's like, I want to help that guy who used to be yeah. me, but I, I want to help those folks um, become the other folks, but not with the arrogance and the pride. Yeah. Kind of remember where you came from. And I think just like cultivating an attitude of helpfulness in the way that you talk about things on the show makes it where uh, you're not going to necessarily generate the kind of people who wouldn't want to help the $25 a lawn chuck in a truck sort of guy. Right. And a lot of them, they just don't know. They, they just don't really understand the overhead it costs to run a business, Cody. And it's not like they're trying to, to go out there and lose money. They just don't know. And so we, you know, yeah. gather the information and share it uh, to help folks take their business to the next level. And a lot of people in the home service industry from other occupations are tracking with us. And they're like, man, there's nothing like this in our industry. And I know you guys talk a lot about the battery powered versus gas powered equipment, but I, I can tolerate that as long as you teach me how to do overhead cost recovery and, and marketing and all that stuff. So. It's Brittany here with the Hardscape Academy. If you're serious about keeping good qualified people around, then you have to train them. You can say, well, what if they leave? I've trained them and I've spent all this time and resources on it. But what if they stay and you haven't taken that time to train them and they're not able to grow within your company and run their own jobs? That falls on you. So check out the hardscapeacademy.com to train yourself and your crews. This month, we're going to be launching our crewman paver training video. This video is for your employees. It is the how to hardscaping and not so much the why everything is done the way it is. In this 45 minute video, you'll be able to brief your employees on paver installation basics so they're ready to crush the day on site with you. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get skills and training for you and your crew so you can excel as a professional hardscaper and grow your company. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Check out the hardscapeacademy.com. Hey. 
Hey, Landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you? Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. Hi, this is Jason with Lake Tap Landscaping. I used Paul's price increase letter this off-season in February. Sent it out to all my clients for a minimum 10% increase and was able to get 100% acceptance rate from all my lawn maintenance clients. It's a great decision to uh, raise your prices on a yearly basis. You can pick up the price increase letter at greenindustrypodcast.com. Well, let's talk about your marketing journey a little bit. So you talked about like early on getting the free business cards from Vistaprint. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> what came next? Like in 2018, when you're like rounding that corner to be a more professional business, what's the marketing transition look like? Yeah, well, I would say it's 2013, 14, we rounded the corner. It was the first few okay. years were a disaster. I mean, everything wrong you could have done, I did 2018 wrong. was when you started the podcast. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no it's, it's, the, it's all good. So I, I had some, um, I had some years under my belt of, of success before starting the podcast, but the best marketing wheelhouse that I found, I stumbled upon it in the country club uh, that I base my business out of. There's a, about 950, 960 homes when I started. Now there's over a thousand homes because they added new ones and then it's maxed out. There's no more land left, but that, we'll just call it a thousand homes. Yeah. Well, they have in this neighborhood what's called the women's club. And so as a homeowner, you pay your, your HOA fee. They got, um, gated community. You have to go through a security gate for the guy to let you in. And they got little rent a cops driving around the, you know, neighborhood, pardon me, uh, security <laughs> going around the neighborhood. And, um, as a part of, of being a homeowner in this neighborhood, you get access to their website and what's called a women's club. And so in this women's club, the thousand wives, women that live in the neighborhood, they communicate with each other and say, Hey, this babysitter's really good. Or this babysitter sucks. She's on her phone the whole time, texting her boyfriend and she neglected our kids or this painter's skillful or this painter's bad. And then probably the most common thing they talk about is, Hey, this landscaping company is really good. This person's competent. This person's trustworthy. So somehow some way I was doing the defensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, um, was one of my customers and his wife was, a. um, uh, influencer, if you will, with these thousand women. And so someone would say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I need a new lawn care person. And then, Hey, you got to try Paul, you know, one call. That's all call Paul. And so she was doing this marketing for me in this, in this closed group of the thousand women in my target market. And that, I mean, that would just keep my phone rolling off the hook, ringing off the hook. And I didn't have to leave the gates of the fancy neighborhood. Cause we have a lot of traffic in Atlanta the gate opened at 8 a.m. and we were there about 7.50, 7.53 in line and, and with all the other contractors. We get in at 8 a.m. and we'd work till four or five, uh, but we didn't have to leave the neighborhood. Uh, we'd be in the same neighborhood all day and I was able to market through that um, 
through that women's club closed group. That was my yeah. main source of marketing. Man, that is the the dream, like a neighborhood that's big enough to sustain a business on. And, uh, you know, you've got that built in route density and the, the word of mouth uh, among people that live there. It's cool to like have a neighborhood where the people actually communicate with one another, because mm-hmm. I feel like that can be hard to find now. Like I have friends that they just moved into a new neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they know any of their neighbors. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just like, it's hard to find that sort of community. Have you, as you've grown, have you had to expand out of that country club neighborhood? Well, n- yes and no. So I was in that country club and then I was in another country club in Johns Creek for the, for mm-hmm. those who listen to my podcast, so they, they love when I talk about the Atlanta market, but th- that, that country club was in Duluth, Georgia. And then I was in uh, Johns Creek. I was in Swanee. I was in Lawrenceville. So as I matured, I actually started to cut out the Lawrenceville route and then the Swan. Well, Swanee route came last, but um, the Johns Creek and I started just slowly going all in on this one neighborhood um, because okay. it's big money. I mean, it's multi-million dollar homes and high ticket price um, items, not just your your maintenance program, but you know you can do larger ticket price items. So I kind of put all my eggs in one basket. Um, and I wish I would have done that sooner, honestly, but that, that was kind of, instead of expanding out of the neighborhood, um, just kind of stuck right, right in our wheelhouse there. Yeah. So is that you've added services over time to be, have more upsell opportunity? Oh, absolutely. Landscape and, um, landscape enhancements that that's, that's the wheelhouse. That's, that's the moneymaker for sure. Yeah. So what did that evolution of adding services look like? Well, originally my friend, Jamie, she's a Georgia certified uh, landscape professional. I didn't know how to like take the bar or the, the um, graph paper and draw the house and do the design work. And, uh, you know, I barely passed seventh grade art class. So I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know the names of all of the plants I, I knew are basic, you know, the azaleas and the boxwoods. And I could, I could name the common ones that I knew, but I didn't know the terminology. I didn't know basic design concepts. And so with customers, these folks are very, very wealthy. So if they move into the house, this happened multiple times. They'll say, this is, you know, this is ugly, man. Let's, let's just rank it, all, it out. all out. Yeah. Literally <laughs> like, well, would you want to keep that? Nah, nah, let's just start from scratch. You know, it's like, well, Japanese maple is kind of nice. Let's just start from scratch. Let's yank it all out. And so what I would do is, is Jamie and her husband, Derek, I would subcontract out to them. They would come in, they would do a design consultation. They would give the design on the fancy paper um, with the little skid bar. You know, uh, I don't know the name of that paper um, that the architects use, but she would, she would draw it up and, you know, deliver it to them. Professional. She's one of the top um, landscapers in Georgia. Um, got all the certifications, a, a G clip, we call it Georgia certified landscape professional. She'd come in and, and, and do the job and, you know, 20, 30,000 and beyond for, for, to, to do a front yard, backyard. The, the bottom base is 10,000. We don't do a remodel for less than 10 grand. It's just, that's where you start, but that's no one ever just stays there. They always want this, that, and the other. Yeah. So what happened was, I would work with her a little bit as she would do the, the, the jobs. I would just kind of 
help out and, and, and pay attention and learn as I go. And then as the months and years rolled on, next thing you know, and she even said to me one day, cause I'm sitting there, oh, you need Sky Pencil Holly there. You need, and she's like, dude, where did all this come from, Paul? I was like, ah, it just, <laughs> it's like when a little two or three year old, they just learn to talk. And then by the time they're four years old, they're fluid, you know, in their language. Yeah. And so as I begin to get more confident, then instead of um, subcontracting things out to Jamie and Derek, I started getting more confident and I'm like, okay. You know, and I remember my first job was 17,500. I think it was my third year. And I was like terrified. I was like, I've never done a job this big, but yeah. I was like, I know how to do it. I know how to do it. And I, and I did my first one. And then once I got that under my belt, I was like, um, not that I despise lawn mowing, but I was like, dude, I can make so much more money in three or four days doing a landscape enhancement job than all year of, of doing a maintenance at a property. Yeah. So, and y'all are still in routine maintenance, but you're doing the landscape installs are like filling out a lot more of the business now. Right. So the, the business model, and I'm not saying this is what other folks should do, but this is what my mentors started showing me as the recipe for success in the Atlanta market is the mo edge trim and blow is the bread and butter to put yourself in position for the enhancements. Because let's say Mrs. Smith wants a new um, front yard remodel or backyard remodel. If you, if you're the competent um, lawn maintenance provider, that's got everything looking crispy and and professional and pristine already, 99% of the time, she's going to first check in with you. Hey, we're looking to, um, you know, add this or add that. Is that something you're interested in? And it's like a no brainer. It's like, yes. So back to the marketing plan, it's almost as if, it's the marketing plan of doing the mo edge trim blow to put yourself in position to get the landscape enhancements and to be very uh, proactive and intentional, Cody, to market the um, upsell and cross sell to the existing customer. Because yes. in this neighborhood, for example, and I don't know in other cities if you have these opulent, crazy neighborhoods. I mean, my customers drove the Rolls Royces, the uh, I didn't even know the name of these um, cars, but um, there was Aston Martin. I think it was called a um, Ferrari Lamborghini. One guy had a Lamborghini and a Ferrari stacked on top of each other because he only had a three car garage. And um, he just had it stacked. A car elevator. Yeah, it just had yeah, it, it just stacked. Had it stacked. And, um, and um, I got a little bit of an echo, Cody. I don't know if you have that on your end. I'm not hearing it, but okay. it very well could be because okay, it went, it went away. So um, anyway, if an outsider comes into the neighborhood and does marketing the Hey, we do this remodel or whatever, they're still in second place because the, the person that has the familiar familiarity and is on that person's property every, you know, week in and week out, they're going to get first dibs on the landscape enhancement. So the Moage trim and blow is only to get the landscape enhancements. That was the intentional plan. Once I, I had some business IQ, but when I started, I didn't even know how to do sod. I just, all I yeah. knew how to do was push a raggedy mower. And so that's just where I got started. But if you listen to my podcast, we obviously teach others. Don't just do mow edge trim blow, unless you're doing it in high volume and you're doing like real mowing specialty or something, but to, to go where the money's at. And that's in the upsells, cross sales of landscape enhancement, fertilization, weed control, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, one thing that, that I've talked about in the past is the idea that you think about marketing and selling as a relationship, uh, and that 
sort of introductory service, the Moedge and Blow, is asking someone if you can buy them a drink, take them out to dinner. Mm-hmm. It's a like a normal date sort of thing. But that big, you know, $17,000 install, even for someone who's wealthy, that is a little bit like asking them to, you know, you've never met them before. And hey, let's go to Cabo together. Like it's a big ask. It's not, it's not the normal trajectory of a relationship. Right. Absolutely. That's spot on. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about the growth of the podcast to close out here, because you went from, uh, you know, I've been in the industry for, uh, I think like six, seven years now, and you went from, you know, like, Oh, Hey, there's this new podcast to like, everybody knows who you are. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's, it's really, really, really exciting. Um, our mutual friend Naylor, we were at waffle house in, uh, August or September of 2018. And we're sitting there drink, uh, drinking coffee, eating um, Waffle House for breakfast. And um, I was telling him, I was like, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And uh, he's like, dude, I think you should go for it. And because uh, at the time, a lot of people were like doing YouTube and, and Instagram was starting to grow a little bit. But there was only a, one guy doing a podcast, uh, uh, Julio Tomei, that I knew personally. But other than that, I just didn't, there wasn't as much action going on in the podcasting world. And so, um, I started from day one and I was like, I'm going to make a goal to hit a hundred episodes because I didn't want to do like 20 and just have not that many views and be like, or downloads or whatever, and be like, well, it's just not working out. So I set a goal to make a hundred episodes. And so, um, as I was getting to a hundred, I was like, I'll reevaluate everything. And once we crossed that 100 episode mark, it, the show was just getting momentum and momentum and and the satisfaction and the rewards of getting a, a DM from someone and saying, dude, I listen to you every morning or thank you so much. I just did this job and made this profit because of what you said. Or I, hey, I just raised my prices these springs and all these um, to see other people succeed is, is satisfying to me. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And then doors started opening. I got to go to Toro's world headquarters a couple of times. I got to go to Echo's world headquarters a couple of times, Kohler engines and all these other companies, we started getting on their radar and, and they started inviting us places. And, 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 you know, I literally meet the CEO of Toro and, and echo and, and start to get to mingle with some of these guys. And, and they're giving me the thumbs up. Like they know who I am. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> what? Like what? Like, yeah, man, I heard you keep, keep up the good work or, you know, and I'm just like, it just blew my mind. And so, um, I think it was 21 when we went full time with, um, Monday through Friday, like a, making it like a morning show, like a radio morning show, you know, fresh episodes every single day. So, um, I, I didn't ever think it would be in the top 1% of all global podcasts, but you know, here we are. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just warming up. I, I think that, um, there's uh, hundreds of thousands of um, lawn care landscaping businesses registered in the United States of America. And very few of them are actually, I mean, you can look at the top 100 in that magazine, uh, Lawn and Landscape Magazine. Those companies might be hitting good profit margins and good revenue, but most of the mid to lower tier companies are actually underperforming. And if we can provide the information and it's free, free, free content to them, um, I think we can elevate this industry um, because a lot of the other industries like electricians and the HVAC and um, a lot of the interior home service based businesses, they, they have res- somewhat of a respect in, in, a, in a financial um, 
success to, to, to those run of the mill companies. But when you come to lawn care landscaping, we're kind of the um, lower echelon of, of the home service based field. And, and that always bothered me because it's so um, beautiful what we can do with people's properties. And I just want to um, elevate the industry. We have the Augusta um, national uh, golf course here in um, Georgia, you know, which is like the pinnacle of landscaping and lawn care. And it's like, I want to bring that spirit of excellence with actual, the technician side of things with the business side of things. And, you know, that's kind of the vision of the show. And it's, it's just picking up steam because there's a lot of folks out there that, that want to improve their business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, some of the, the lack of respect for the industry, uh, I feel like stems from like, well, I can mow my own yard uh, and not realizing the, the level of expertise that goes into, mm-hmm. you know, when you're providing full landscaping services, you're doing design work, you're choosing plants that will work in your environment, mm-hmm. you know, all of that experience that goes into there, you know, I can turn my faucet on in the bathroom, that doesn't make me a plumber. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of those exterior home services don't get the kind of respect that they deserve because, you know, Joe homeowner thinks that he's a landscaper because he planted some annuals once that died in three days and uh, can push his lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're, you're bringing that and being right there by Augusta national, of course, that people know and see on TV, you know, it's sort of like, Hey, this is like super professional. This requires a lot of expertise. Right. Totally. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. I thank you for having me on your show uh, a couple of times over the last month. And I look forward to uh, being on again. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Cody. Yeah. So people can find you anywhere podcasts are distributed, uh, whatever your preferred podcast app is. Uh, and you also have a YouTube channel. Are you oh, sending yeah. people over there? Yeah, I got two YouTube channels. So Paul Jameson is my main channel. And then I have the other channel is green industry podcast with Paul Jamison, where we take the video format of our podcast, similar to Joe Rogan. And we have those um, videos on the green industry podcast with Paul Jamison channel. So those are more of your business pieces of content. And then I got the other channel with Paul Jamison. Um, that's out there with me mowing the uh, overgrown uh, grass and, and making more, uh, you know, kind of in the field, fun videos like that. Um, so those are kind of my two channels. Awesome. Well, yeah, so we'll have a link in the description to uh, the podcast, just the Apple podcast link. And then we'll have links out to the, uh, the channels there. So you guys can check out Paul uh, in every, every platform where he's available. Well, guys, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate Cody and he's definitely opening many eyes to the benefits of Facebook ads and really geo-targeting marketing uh, to a specific residence, to a specific address that you want to be your customer. It's a great opportunity. So definitely um, catch up with Cody and uh, he's got all kinds of deals for Green Industry Podcast listeners. So if you uh, want to get in touch with Lightspeed Social Agency, tell them Paul Jamison from the Green Industry Podcast sent you and they'll take great care of you over there and help you get the customers that you want. That's what they do. If you guys want more of my kind of business story and how you don't have to repeat the silly mistakes that I made, I've written several books. And the first one where I really share my story more in depth than I talked about today is Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. And so I was just talking uh, with a buddy of mine, Jack Decker, and I was like, man, 
it's such a blessing that he's found the podcast and other podcasts in our industry, and he doesn't have to go through the learning curve we went through by making the same mistakes that we made. And so as I wrote the book, that was my goal, is that not only will it hopefully add some entertainment because I just got myself in some interesting scenarios and situations over the years, but hopefully the mistakes that I made in building my business you won't make those mistakes, but my ceiling can be your floor. And so that's Cut That Grass and Make That Cash. We also have the best business practices for landscapers in our newest book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. You can get those by clicking on the link in today's show notes. And we also have a bundle uh, we can get all of them in one um, on the book bundle over at the Resource Center at the greenindustrypodcast.com. So if you want to get those books, uh, they're available in audiobook as well as paperback book. Just check them out at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.